Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Tranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, and just down the road from the Wolf River Refuge. Yeah, that's a cool place. If it you haven't cool checked place. out the Wolf River Refuge, you need to because it's a place that you and your family need to go and stay. Absolutely. I'm actually taking my family there this weekend. Oh, are you? Yeah. You're going to stay in a cabin? Yeah, we are. We figured we'd do something fun. Hey, how fun. You, you live memories. down the road, just you can you can pretend you're 100 miles away. That's right. That's right. And they've never been there before, and so they'll they'll get a kick out are of it. Are you going to blindfold them and drive them around for a while? No. That'd be funny. That would be funny, but they wouldn't know the difference right. anyways. True story. True story. True story. As now, opposed to false story. Now, yes. I, I don't want anyone to think badly of me after this story. <laughs> that's a good that's, <laughs> that's a, a good preface. start isn't that's it? a great start we we once blindfolded some uh girls when i was in college oh boy and uh surprised them so here, here's what happened my brother yep i was a freshman in college and my brother had this harebrained idea that he needed me to help him pull off did he go to the same college he did you? well junior year and i was freshman at whedon okay and so he thought you know it'd be really fun let's find we don't even know these girls but let's find I forget how many of them. There were three of them or four of them. Yeah. And they wanted to find dates that would say they'd go on a date, but in order to go on a date, they had to be blindfolded until they got to the spot they were going to. Okay. And I thought, okay, Rick, this is bizarre. You know, I mean, whatever. You're a freshman in college. He's college. Just one of these college stupid things you do. So, so he found these girls, and, and they agreed to be blindfolded. So we had a van. We took all the seats <laughs> out. And we, we actually took um, couches oh boy. from the dorm, uh-huh. you know, the lounge, put them in the van so that they'd have somewhere to sit. And uh, I can't remember now if they blind, no, it wasn't blindfolded. They had to put a paper bag over their head. Oh, boy. Uh, until we this, got. This story is quickly going south. I know. There's nothing bad that happens. I want to say it on the front side. So if you're turning off your podcast, don't. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a college boy prank. And the girls were all in on this it was pretty funny the whole thing all right so so they had bags over their heads Paper bags and couches my, and my brother needed me to be the chauffeur the doorman the waiter he needed me in all three roles okay what they didn't know is that my grandma lived about five blocks from the school okay she had this gorgeous living room because my my grandpa was a a, a bricklayer and okay. he had a big fireplace you know, very nice. Old school house, just whatever. My grandma was an amazing cook. And so we just, we got her in on the deal. We said, you know, can we put your table, like rearrange your furniture, put table in the middle of the living room and uh, make it like a, a, a high class, uh, you know, French restaurant or something. And, and uh, we're going to bring some dates here and you could cook all the food and Dave will serve it. You know, I mean, kind of thing. <laughs> and so, so these girls are in. The, they're they got bags on their head. They're all laughing. They know each other. They know my brother and the other guys too. So they're having a, a great time. Just what are you doing? Yeah. And and I was instructed to do that because it was just a few blocks. So drive around, drive in circles. Yeah. So I'm driving in circles. You know, getting them all lost. And I end up there, and and they haven't seen me yet because I'm the their bags over their head. Yep. So then I get out and I become the doorman and I put it. You know, I. I welcome them and try and do my best accent, which I can't even remember what it was. And and they haven't seen me. I was a freshman. I was a football player. I was really not well-known. You know what I mean? I was yep. I pretty much doing my own thing. So they don't know who I am, and I'm welcoming them to what we call Granny's Restaurant. You know? 
And so we take them in there. They still have no idea where we're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we, and they sit down, they take the bags off their head. Yep. So they haven't seen me yet because even as a doorman, I greeted them with bags on their head. Yeah. So then when they came, I had a towel over my arm and I was a, I was a waiter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ev- and the, the guys, what they did is they had a hundred dollar bill. And every time I did something, they hand me a hundred bucks. <laughs> and, and I would recycle it. The next guy would slip it to him. Yep. And so this hundred dollar bill kept coming to me all night as a tip. Yeah. And, and these girls, uh, I mean, they knew something was really weird. Yeah. You know, first of all, the, it was, it didn't look that much like a restaurant. Second of all, you keep giving this guy a hundred bucks no matter what he does. That's right. You know, so I'm, I'm a rich man by the end of the night. And uh, boy, it was great. We had a great time and, and it was all clean fun and people just laughed a lot. And, and uh, my grandma, she walked by the door once in like this robe. That's and, awesome. And that was the end of it. You know, it was like someone said, there's granny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so then they knew this was our grandma. So that, that was the end of the whole charade. But um, it was fun. So that's why I asked you, blindfold them, drive them around. There it, you go. It, just, it adds an element of, I don't know where I'm at. For some reason, as part of that th- story, I thought you were going to say, and somebody that wasn't in on the prank saw me driving around with these three girls with bags on their heads oh, and, no. and pulled me over and called the cops or no, something. No, the good thing is the van had no windows. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is getting worse. Isn't it? <laughs> Precisely my point. I, a neighbor sees you pulling up with a van with no windows, pulling <laughs> girls out with bags over their heads. I, I want to tell you something. <laughs> this would not be acceptable today. Don't don't do that. Please do not do the thing. Yeah, that the you know does. what? I probably shouldn't have said this story. My brother, uh, if you send Jason an email to complain, which you can, um, <laughs> he'll. <laughs> He'll forward it to my brother. That's so, right. That's right. Because I, I was just a driver. I had nothing to do with it. I just was doing what my older brother told me to do. And uh, there are people that are very creative. Do you think that people today aren't as creative in how they do things? I mean, these guys in college, oh, my goodness, what they did was creative all the time. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like, let's go and watch a movie. I mean, that wasn't it. Yeah. They were doing crazy stuff. No, and, I think And it great. was fun. Yeah. You know, and that not bad, just fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So I encourage people, get your uh, creative side out when you're doing stuff. And, and like even with your kids, you're, you're just going down the road. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Now what can you do to make it even goofier? You right. know what I mean? More memorable, my word was goofy, more memorable. Safe, of course, but, you know, that you can do something that'll make it fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We used to, I remember kids at camp. Now, again, we don't allow this at camp anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> should I even say this? But, oh, well, funny. we used to, we used to have guys go out in, when I was in high school, I was in high school. I'm 64 now. So if you're coming as a high schooler, don't do this. No. It's but when I was, well, I was a counselor at that point too. Likewise. Yeah. So all we did was we wanted the kids to experience nature. So we'd have, uh, every once in a while, have somebody out in the woods making animal sounds. So, you know, throughout the night, oh, yeah, there's a there's a grizzly bear. You know, oh, there's a, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it, again, harmless. there were city kids, and it was like, oh, there's animals in the woods. You know? We actually had a family camp a couple of years ago. Well, we have family camps every summer. But there was uh, some of the, the kids as part of the families were hanging down in our prayer chapel. Um, and they, were, they weren't doing anything bad. They were just kind of fooling around and joking around, and the parents caught wind of it. And so, like, all right, we're going to – do a little something. And so they, they did something similar, except they had a bear head. Oh, man. <laughs> and if scary. you've ever been to camp before and you've seen the prayer chapel, the whole front of it is windows. Yeah. 
And so they started making noises and and then they showed the bear head and oh man. They showed me a video of it. It was classic. Oh. They all they all freaked out. Yeah, well, so. parents can do that. It, parents it, have the yeah. have the have the right to do yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah, we have policy here just for the record. For the record, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Please send us your yes, kids. <laughs> we don't do that. Uh, well, you know, it was really interesting. One day, though, this is another true story, but this this is not our control. They were, they were out on a pontoon boat just enjoying the lake, and they, saw, they thought they saw a dog in the water, you know. So they go close to it, and it's a bear swimming in the water. Oh, wow. And the bear, now, if you know anything about wild animals, you realize they do not like people. No. They will not attack you. They run the other way. And that's what I tell everyone who comes here. you got to understand, wild animals are wild don't corner them. You'll be fine because they don't like you. Yeah. Now, you may see them because you're in the national forest. So this bear, you know, for those of you that know camp, uh, it came up on what we call Vespers Point. It came up there. It was swimming across from an island. It came up on the point, and it ran from that point all the way past our dining hall out into the woods, across the field out into the woods wow so right through the heart of camp. yeah because i was standing outside the dining hall and all of a sudden i heard people screaming and i see this black thing running yeah and i look at it, i go that's a bear and that's it's sad. running right through the middle of camp yeah and it ran all the way out and as i said wild animals don't like you so they are going to do everything they can to get out of here yep and um, then people came later and said boy that was dangerous i said not really it was very entertaining because uh, wild animals, you know, they're in the middle of the night, if you can wake up and look out your window, even at camp, 400 people there, there's deer running around. Yeah, it's true. They come at night, middle of the night, darkness, but they're there. Deer aren't going to hurt you, but uh, it's kind of fun to get out of your norm and see some of these things. So um, anyway, I hope we're not scaring anyone away from anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Nice animals. Nice. They're very nice. Very nice. I I did want to ask you some questions, though, perspective-wise. You're a younger guy. I'm an older guy. And uh, every once in a while, I'm reading a news item, and I think, okay, what is really going on here? Um, My concern for your generation is there's a plethora of words being used, Mm -hmm. whether it be news or whether it be whatever, a plethora of words. And wherever there's a, a, a lot of something, it always diminishes its value. Yeah. So if you said, I like oatmeal, I said, oh, good. So the next day I had a semi-load of oats dumped in your driveway. You'd come after me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I thought you like oatmeal. I, I do. But you've just made something that I like something I don't like <laughs> with, with the amount that you just gave me. Right. And really, if you think about it, whether they be words or ideas or whatever, sometimes what happens is we get this abundance of something. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's it's not that, that whole truckload of oats are bad. Right. It's the way I gave it to you. Yep. Um, I, Virginia governor, I want your response to this. The Virginia okay. governor, Ralph Northam, he said this. He was talking about the, the COVID stuff, and he said, you do not need to sit in a church pew for God to hear your prayers. According to the spectator, that's what he said. What do you think he's actually saying there? Um, well, considering I don't know the guy, I'll just have to speculate. You, you do. I don't know him either. 
Um, I'm assuming he's trying to get people to, to think that they don't need to go to church during this COVID season. Okay. So is what he said wrong? No, not necessarily. Is what he said right? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's true. Okay, so... You don't necessarily... I mean, you don't have to be in a church to pray. Yeah, we don't understand what his purpose behind this statement is. Right. And sometimes uh, the purpose behind the statement is more important than the words themselves. Right, 100%. Yeah, so uh, we don't know if he's trying to say churches are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You never need to go to a church. We don't need churches. I don't know what he's saying in that in that sense. Uh, but he is saying something like, you know, you don't need to sit in church to pray. Do you think there's people that think that you have to go to church to pray? I think there are, yeah. Okay. So this actually could start a debate or a good conversation. It could, yeah. And in our culture, it probably won't start a good conversation. No. It'll probably start a debate. Right. Because that's what we do as a culture. We don't talk. We don't dialogue. We just throw out words. Yeah. Well, I want to I, I want to encourage our listeners. I think what you need to do in life if you if we're going to get out of some of the abysses we're seemingly at the edge of. Yeah. You, you have to stop defending predetermined answers. Mm-hmm. For example, you you can't look at something and know what the the political answer is and because you know what the political answer is, you can't ask a question anymore. Because if you do that, you're the bad person all of a sudden. I, I'll give you an example. If somebody, uh, we were talking to somebody, maybe we were talking about the problem of obesity. Mm-hmm. There are people that have the predetermined answer. I can't do anything about it. I can't. Okay. Yep. That means you're not going to talk to me about trying to help you not be obese. Mm-hmm. Because in order for you to not be obese, we're going to have to talk about the things that contribute to your obesity, as uncomfortable as that may be. Right. But since you have answers already for it and you can't do anything about it, you don't want to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. That is where a lack of health, both physically, emotionally, and societally, will be. Because mm-hmm. we, can't, we can't talk anymore. Right. Because you already have the answer. You know, if, if people think, think a certain ethnic group is all this way or they think, you can never ask questions if I told you, for example, that um, I just uh, got upset with a, a young boy who was throwing rocks at my car, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't be bothered by that. Because I said I'm upset with a guy who's throwing rocks right. at my car. Right, yeah. And you might ask what I did. I went out and told him to stop. Mm-hmm. Took his name because car's all vented. I'd like to get it paid for. Yep. The thing you might not ask is, what was his ethnicity? Mm-hmm. So if it was somebody who was a person of color and I said I got mad at him for throwing rocks at my car, would it be because I'm a racist? No. But if that's the answer, then I can't correct the situation. Mm. In some weird way, the predetermined answers is stopping us from beating racism. Mm -hmm. Because it's trying to get us to deal with people because of an ethnic or a color or rather than deal with people as people. Yeah. As a teacher, any child that would be throwing rocks at my car would be wrong. Mm -hmm. And I really probably wouldn't ask what their background is right away. Yeah. I would just say, stop throwing the rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure they have a reason for it, but 
at this point, I'm going to stop them and then find a reason later and tell them how bad of a reason it actually was, regardless right. again. Right. So I, the question to you again, I'm an old guy, so the trouble, if I see it today and it is a, let's say, a, a, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a, a Native American child or a, why would I now think I have to hesitate to help a kid learn he shouldn't throw stones at a car? Mm-hmm. Should I have that feeling? I don't think you should, you know, because it's a, you know, it's a simple right and wrong thing. But I don't want 2,000 people here protesting. Right, right. Do you see what happens to a culture after a while? You can't even do what you're supposed to Mm -hmm. because you're afraid of the predetermined answer destroying you and your life and your place. Yeah. We can't allow that to happen. Right. So I want to encourage you. You see something. I I encourage you to, to... to think in terms of what I need to do for this person that's best for him, not what do I need to do because it's the culturally relevant, right, acceptable behavior to do. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there are some things we can't do because of the way the culture is right now. I don't know. Right. But uh, I know we at uh, Silverbird Trans and the Clay Bible Institute, all the young people that come here we serve, they seem to enjoy being here. We don't really see a problem in, mm-hmm. in many senses that the world's saying we should see. Right. And um, and it's very enjoyable to be a part of it. Let me throw another news item at you. Okay, bring it. Minneapolis. Now, you actually went to college up there. I did. So this is an area you know well. You tread these streets. The Minneapolis City Council, it tried and failed to dismantle the police department in the wake of George Floyd's death. They voted early Thursday to shift nearly $8 million from next year's police budget to other city services as part to transform public safety in the city. What do you think of that news? It's interesting. Now, there's some words in there that'll make you uh, stop for a minute and not uh, ask questions. The word George Floyd is in there. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? The minute you put that in that sentence, you have now stopped people from asking hard questions because anything you say now is going to be racist and against a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the way it should be. Right. We should be able to ask, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do understand that there was a problem with George, George Floyd, and, and I, I immediately I would say, so this $8 million cutting from the police budget, this will help solve that? Right. And how will it help solve it? I need to be able to ask that question mm-hmm. because obviously – they think there must be another way to do this. And not only that, I would say, okay, the other thing that's written in here is that it, it goes to other city services as part of an effort to transform public safety. Right. So the word transform hits me as a teacher. It's like, oh, whatever it is now, we got to change what it is. Well, and then where does that $8 million go? Yeah, well, how do you transform it? And You know, that's, that's where my mind goes is what's the solution? You know, was that just surplus? Were they getting too much money? I don't know. You know, or... What's interesting is it, this article, and it's from um, Holly Bailey wrote the article. I don't know who Holly works for. But they, it, they basically said this was a controversial plan. But, but I love this sentence. The controversial plan was approved unanimously. How controversial is it if it's... If it's universally... Uh, if it, uh, what, 
how how controversial is a plan that's accepted uni- unanimously? Right. So obviously the people there think this is a good plan. I'm not from Minneapolis. It's not my home state. Either that or it re- reiterates the point that we're trying to say here is that people on that board might not have the freedom to even dialogue about it because the right. dialogue has been taken away because of the situation. Does that make sense? Right. You know. Well, and that's a great danger in our country. If everybody that disagrees with us becomes an evil person, right? If everyone that disagrees with us proves systemic racism or proves um, some bias or whatever, that, you know, first and foremost, we need to understand every human being has a a filter they put everything through. Yeah, I'm not sure those filters are all right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they have one. Uh, for example, when I grew up, my mom and dad actually loved me. They took care of me. They never got a divorce. I, I thought that every family was like Leave It to Beaver. You know, I mean, that was my idea of what a family was like. So, when I found other kids that I talked to whose parents hurt them or got divorces, I had no concept of that. Yeah. So obviously, as I grow up, I'm making decisions that are based on the understanding of what my family was like. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I get older, that's where education comes in. Not judgment. Yeah. But education. So your your best friend in life. You know, I had a, a friend I grew up with, and he lived in the middle of a neighborhood where a a, a big gang, a big, uh, you know, ruled. Yep. He had a different life than me. Mm-hmm. My neighborhood in Chicago was the place where all the policemen and firemen lived. Mm. He lived in a gang related neighborhood. Believe it or not, we had different experiences. You know, right. growing up, my streets around my house, I could walk anytime, no problem. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. After dark, he had to be in. Yeah. Okay, different world, different. Now, nobody is saying that my experience was right or wrong or his was right or wrong. It was just a different experience. So when we talk to each other, I need the freedom to ask him questions without being labeled something. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I might ask him, hey, you want to go do something? I'll, I'll come over to your house and stay. We can go to the park at night or something. And he would go, no. Right. No, why not? Well, because, you know, there's there's people out there that will hurt you. So can I have that discussion with him as a kid mm-hmm. and try and understand a world that he's in that I'm not in? Yeah. Or can I never have those kind of discussions again? Mm-hmm. And then the discussion, I mean, what, what do you do with a, a, a place that, you know, is dangerous like that? As a kid, my first response is, well, my dad will come and clean that up. Yeah. You know, I mean. <laughs> He'll come and fix that. That's yeah. right. And, and, of course, we know how naive that is. Yeah. But isn't that good that as a kid I thought that? Right. I think, I think there, that's why the innocence of children's questions is great because they're not aware of all the cultural nuances if you want to call it that, that they need to be aware of. They just see something and they ask it. And there's a simplicity to it, you know, whatever the situation is. So when do we lose that? We lose that as as they get older and then we expose them to situations where it's like, oh, you can't say that. Yeah. And you almost train them that way. I think before we've talked about this, I think one of the most important things in life to be able to do is acknowledge the obvious. Mm -hmm. It, It really is, right? Even if you think it's politically correct. We talked about somebody that was up here once, and of course I was in a wheelchair as a kid, but for a little bit, and 
there was somebody up here once who had some disabilities, um, and I went to him right away and said, what's with those? Yeah. And what, what happened to you? I remember this guy looking at me very frankly with almost tears in his eyes saying, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Everybody tr- you know, looks at me and won't say a word. Yeah. I said, well, why wouldn't they say a word? I'm just wondering how you do this. And I asked him a couple things. Mm-hmm. And, and he just was thrilled yeah. that I was talking to him about the obvious. I was not discriminated against them. I wasn't. Obviously, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, somebody, of course, at, at camp, you, you get a lot of people in and out. And some kids come in, and they're dressed really interesting. And, and they have... Uh, <laughs> You know, hairdos that are very interesting. Yeah. And I remember once I was sitting there and some one old camper came up. He's up as a worker or something. He sat down and he had the weirdest, I mean, to me, the weirdest hairstyle in the world. You uh-huh. know? And I'm looking at this hairstyle. He sits down and he goes, hey, how you doing? I said, what's with the do? You know what I mean? What's, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Nobody got mad at me. He started to laugh and talk to me about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, everyone else kind of looks down and snickers and they won't say anything. Right. You look at me and go, what's with the do? Right. I mean, what are you trying to do with this, this uh-huh. hair of yours? And uh, we had a great discussion. We're still good friends. I mean, it's one of those things where you look at it and go, why have we lost the ability to talk to people about the obvious? Yeah. Because we're afraid that they're going to be offended. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that uh, I don't have all knowledge. Only God does. Mm-hmm. So I think if I'm confused by something, I might benefit if I could ask somebody who knows anything about it about it right and not be considered somebody who is trying to hurt other people I'm not really trying to do that I'm trying to gain knowledge um when you know I love if I see some kid I know they get a tattoo somewhere it's like so what made you want to do that Mm -hmm. you know my generation asking that immediately their brain goes to you don't want, you think this is of the devil. <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, I didn't say that. No, I'm just curious. I'm asking why you would put that tattoo there mm-hmm. and um, what possessed you? You know, yeah. that's my question. Not judgmental in that sense. Would I get a tattoo? They, they were like, what do you think about tattoos? So, what does it matter? I'm never going to get one. Uh huh. Yeah, but so you think they're bad? <laughs> You know, I don't know. I got I got clean skin. I, why would I have somebody take a needle and poke a bunch of colors in there and do things? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't want it. Yeah. Oh, so you're... Stop with the predetermined answer thing. I'm not judging you. I'm saying I don't want a tattoo. I'd never do it. I Sorry. Yeah. I, however, I, I would ask you about yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, same uh, guy asked me, so you're against earrings? I said, for me, yes. Yeah. I said, why? And I was an old Bear fan. I said, because Dick Bupkis didn't wear them. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yeah. Um, That's know, funny. Middle linebacker won't wear them. I won't Did wear Did you just say, by the way, that you're a Bear fan? No, I, 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 I was. Heard that. I heard that. I, I was. I edit a, that out. In my pre-Christian days, I was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, But hopefully you guys were encouraged on the show today. You know, I, what we try to do here is we try to get you to think about the way that we dialogue, the way that we look at the world, 
um, and really just to get you to think. And so hopefully as, we, as we've talked, you know, we, we've challenged you to think that direction. And if you missed part of the episode, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to it. Just head over to Relate365.com. And you can really listen to this episode or, you know, check out some of the other episodes that are on there. And there's even a couple of other podcasts available that we do. Plenty of resources. Um, but we thank you guys for joining us. Tune in next time. This is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.